Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corn Roof Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my sidekick, Kevin Langley. We had a good show tonight, and also, by the way, guys, we have the Corner Booth pregame. Make sure you go and check that out. It's on our YouTube channel, which we are up and running officially. Kev, what's the title of our YouTube channel? It is... Let me... I can type. The Corner Booth Podcast. Sweet. We actually got the full name in for once. Um, so, yeah, we have our first We have our first official YouTube videos up. So if you can't make our... You, didn't, you missed out on our live stream, which was yesterday... Um, you will be able to catch it on YouTube. Guys, it's fun. The, it's hysterical. The channel that Jared's not subscribed to yet. You know, I haven't logged on YouTube in three days, so give me a minute. But yeah, so great uh, effort from Kevin and uh, common ideas from both of us. We got it up and we're going to also, starting possibly during the new season, we're going to do a best of, so like a 20-minute abridged version of our show we'll put up on YouTube as well. That I will video edit and cut and everything else. So it'll be something new to look forward to in the NFL season. So it won't just be live streams coming up. It'll be at least one or two shows a week going up. Or at least the best of the week, maybe. Might be a good idea, because we always do two shows. I like that. It'll keep it short, too. Yeah. All right, so starting off, uh, the MLB has informed uh, – MLB uh, teams have been told their players to uh, get in shape because – they're looking at late June and early July as a start to, like, to training camp in the season. I am so happy. This is good news. It's positive news. I like seeing this happen. It's it's a good it's it's a positive step. You know, in this you know we got all this crazy right now from everything from murder bees. Which, by the way, folks, I found it today. Kev, you know who eats murder bees. Pray mantises. Praying mantises. Yeah, which we have all over the damn country. You didn't find that out today. I told you that yesterday. No, you did? I thought I learned that on Twitter today. I don't know. I saw it earlier this week. I don't think you told – I don't think I told – because I was going to tell you about it because I think you'd be hyped about it. You didn't tell me. We didn't even talk yesterday. 
Oh, that's weird. Yeah, the, for the first time in like th- like eight months, me and Kevin didn't talk. The honeymoon phase is over. <laughs> but uh, basically, yeah, so that's cool. That's that's some good news. Some murder hornets uh, get eaten by a bug that's literally everywhere in this country. I like the way though that they actually that people take out these nests. They'll Wait, catch one of the hornets, tie a string to it. And follow it back to its nest, wait until nightfall, and then just blast it with a flamethrower. That seems oddly Vietnam-esque. <laughs> I freaking love it. Oh, so Kev, what, uh, do we have a theme? What are we doing for live stream? For uh, what are we doing for Jersey? I think I might, I might have to go break out a baseball one today. I wore a baseball one last time. I might have to go, um, go with my newest one. Yeah, your Larry Legend. Yeah. All right, show off the cannons today. I think one of these – got to do Hawaiian shirts or, like, suit and ties. we got to do a theme for every week. True. We'll do jerseys for the first two, and then we'll, we'll talk about what we're going to wear. Hawaiian shirts. No, or tank to- – we'll do tank tops and frat boy sunglasses. Oh, that's going to be a thing every episode for me. Well, I might have to wear sunglasses today, too, just to piss you off. Um, So, yeah. And we'll be reopening. It's kind of a great step. It's – you know, we got the NFL schedule dropping tonight. A lot of positive things happen. We got NASCAR coming in 10 days. There's a lot of positive things happening in sports. It's a good way to go. You have anything to say about the uh, MLB reopening? Any thoughts? I think it's good that we're going to have live sports again that are in the United States. So we don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch the Korean baseball organization. <laughs> Listen, man, shout out to Korea for keeping hope alive. Did you see one of their first games got canceled because there was a fire, like a massive fire right outside the stadium? You know, I, I, I'm not like, it's not even like I'm like surprised. It's like, it's like, you know what? I feel I like that's just hysterical to me. Didn't know Marcus Tams come from, uh, or no, he came for the Japanese league. Sorry. Yeah. Was that the KBL? Maybe. JBL? Something like that. I think it's a JBL, but, um, no, JBL's, um, a speaker company. Ah, great, great headphones, by the way. I own two pairs. Um, NPB. NPB, yes. All right. It used to be the JBL, though. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, um, honestly, I love this. I am happy that we are actually going to have live baseball again. Thank God. Um, moving on, Kev, uh, Brett Favre's in the news again. This time it's not for selling, sending nudes or beefing with Aaron Rodgers. What happened? Cause I'm trying to make sense of the story. Do you understand what's going on here? Because I'm hoping you do. Loosely. I read it earlier and it's, it's weird. So Favre got paid $1.1 million for appearances that he didn't make or something like that. It was spent on. So the basically Mississippi, their their welfare system kind of used a lot of their money for lobbyists, concerts, sports tickets, things like that. Mm-hmm. And an audit revealed this. And Favre got $1.1 million that was supposed to go do temporary assistance for needy families. However, now, 
I don't know if Favre's a bad guy based on this because he might not have known where the money was coming from. He is paying them back. He already paid back 500000 and then the rest he's going to pay back in installments over the coming months. Now, hopefully he's not just doing one big Ponzi scheme. He's going to get the money to pay it back by defrauding other welfare systems in different states. It's just like this whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, I saw the headline. I was like, wait, Favre? I'm like, doesn't he have money? Like, dude played for so damn long. Had enough endorsement deals. I don't know, but there's so many athletes that you go, oh, they played forever. They had so many yeah, but endorsement like, deals. That's when you hear they're on like broke or something like that, like the ESPN 30 for 30, which I'm going to have to watch this week. But, um, yeah. Also, Favre didn't seem like a guy who'd blow all his money, but. No, I, I mean, know. but it also could just be for appearances. And because even if they're not blowing money, they will make appearances. They'll be a speaker at an event or something, and they'll get True. paid for that. They have a fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe Mississippi was paying him to do a lot of events and stuff. True. Oh, um, I, I'm i reading through the article. Mississippi Department of Human Services gave $98 million in welfare funds, most of which were coming from that temporary assistance for needy families, to two nonprofits, which then spent it on programs that didn't help anyone. And that's probably where this money came from. Only in America. All right. Well, thank God. Hope, hopefully, praying to God, we are at the tail end of this. This all this craziness. So the, the crazy headlines just stop coming. I'm thinking this is the end of that. I think Favre, he's paying it back, and that's just going to be the end of it. This this whole kind of – I'm just hoping, like, you know, we don't hear more about this on other states or other athletes because it's going to be a real problem. Um. Next up, we have a some football free agency news. So, Jadavian Clowney is unlikely to sign with the Seahawks. Um, honestly, not really surprised, but this is going to hurt Seattle because now they're really kind of lacking in the pass rusher department. They didn't have a good draft to start when they reached on a, a linebacker who was supposed to go in the third round, and they really didn't like address much at all. And I think now it's hurt Seattle a lot more. I mean, some of the favorites I heard were like Tennessee, Philadelphia is a favorite. I don't even know how. When he like get like like a battery thrown at him if you walk into Philadelphia, I I, I don't understand. But either way, uh, clients not going to Seattle. I'm not surprised really. I, the fit just seemed weird to me. I feel like wherever he goes, he's gonna play for a few more years, and that'll probably be like it for his relevancy. I don't think it was as much a fit issue as much as it was a money issue because there were the rumors that. Clowney was going to come back if he took a pay cut. And Clowney has shown this whole time he's not willing to take a pay cut even with the injury. I I think Seattle would love to have him back, but I don't – I never really saw him resigning there just because they asked – they were going to ask him to pay, take a pay cut. That also – with Clowney, like – that's the thing is like – they need him, but they weren't treating him like they needed him, at least for the money. And there were, like, also with Clowney, Clowney is at his best fit-wise when he's a rotation guy. So that's why, like, I could see him going to Tennessee, or I could see him going to Philadelphia, where he will not be on the field every single play. Like, in Philly, he'll rotate with Graham and Barnett and Josh Sweat and uh, 
the other the other guy they have, Vinny Curry. It'll be like a four man rotation. And you know what? That works. That's what he's best at. So I, I'm kind of I could see that happening. I think they showed the other favorites before. I could give you a clarification right now. Um, actually, well, it was A2D A2 Radio. Shout out, by the way. I love those guys. One of the best Philly sports uh, affiliates around. But, um, yeah, I'll have to go, Kev, go what you're saying, because i got to dig for this a little bit. Well, Jared's digging for that. I don't see him signing in Philly. I don't see him signing in any place where he fits well. Because he's asking to get paid like an every-down edge rusher or edge player who can also stop the run. When he Right now, he's pretty much shown he's a really good – he's really good at getting after the quarterback. And, yeah, edge rushers are valuable. But guys like Khalil Mack, they're not get going off the field in running situations. Aaron Donald, not coming off the field. Jadavion Clowney is asking to get paid like this, but all the teams he's rumored to go for aren't going to play him every down. They're going to cycle him out, like you said, in Philly. Yeah. If Philly signs him, that would be the dumbest move of the offseason. Mm, I, I don't think they're well, – okay, so here are the odds right now. Now that um, Seattle's out – Indy, Tennessee, New York, Philly, Miami, and Baltimore. Those are the favorites right now. The teams have actually been in talks with him. So I think also with Clowney, it's going to get to a point where, like, it's going to be like where Michael Bennett was a few years ago. Like, he's going to be like, okay, I'm asking for too much. Who's going to throw me a bone here and give me at least something close to it? Because I think he wants to be a rotation guy. He's not a run stuffer. That's never been his thing. His thing is making an explosive play every two or three plays – or, like, disrupting the entire play up. That's what he's good at. So, honestly, a place like Philadelphia, if they could get him at least not, like, exact asking price above Seattle or any of these teams, really, above, what's, above what Seattle was offering but below what he's asking, somewhere in that happy medium, it's a good signing because if he blows up three plays a game, that's three plays that could stop an offense. I would take that for 16 million. What, what, is, what is he asking for, 11 right now or 12? I believe so. It's a lot for it's a, a lot for a rotation guy. So if we can even get if like someone can for ten million dollars, I will take that. There are a few teams on that list who would have him in it as an every down rusher. New York would, uh, probably Miami would as well. Their edge game is a little weak. Uh, Indy probably would as well to go along with DeForest Buckner. But a guy, a team like Philadelphia would have him rotate in on inside and out, which I think he would flourish in. But yeah, I'm I'm not saying that. If Philly signed him, it would be a bad move. I'm not even trying to say just Philly as a fan bias. I'm just saying it's probably one of the better fits for him off that list. New York also is a really good fit as well. Even though I hate to see that motherfucker 12, 12 – sorry, language, 12 – no, 12. Two games a year because of what he basically did to Carson Wentz in the playoffs last year. But honestly, I think that's a good fit. Uh, I love him going to Indy because they really need pass rushers badly, and I think he would fit in perfectly there. It's just a matter of Chris Ballard is going to fork over some dough for him. Yeah, I'm just saying money-wise for Philly, it would be a horrible you know, idea. The thing is, Philadelphia cleared up a lot of cast space. Apparently, like, the Alshon Jeffrey rumors have been shot to shot to hell. Doug and Carson were like, we're using him. He's a big-body receiver. I, like, they're going to have basically six guys on the field who could all do some serious damage. I kind of like that for Carson. He's going to be, like, just chucking the ball in directions. But, um, yeah. So with I, it's gonna be interesting. Clyde goes. Clyde's gonna have to take a pay cut. I don't see him getting this money. I could see some team that's a little lower on the management uh, intelligence level, like New York, 
saying, hey, we'll throw you your $12 million that you want, and then him kind of being a bust for like he was in Seattle. He wasn't a bust, but like he wasn't great. Yeah. His season really hurt his free agent prospects. I mean, that happens with injuries, though. But also, like, this two seasons ago, he was one of the best edge rushers in the league along with J.J. Watt, and he just the last two seasons they've been kind of like down. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what Clowney pulls on this. Um, Next up, we have wrong uh, window sorry we have a uh, executive texting me right now from our job our current job here uh, I gave you? oh yes i was looking for it sorry i can i have it open in front of me oh okay i was gonna look for it because I was, I was still leading the show i didn't want to like be like hey kev what's next um kev clay thompson and steve kerr uh got a story up what's what's what we got here i haven't seen this headline today this is all you so this is actually from a couple days ago but we haven't talked about it and it's hysterical so Clay Thompson was talking about how when he went to a Bulls game and was kind of asking for autographs, hanging out, and he went up to Steve Kerr and said, and this is from Steve Kerr, elaborate on this more, Clay Thompson again, this on um, Running Plays was a podcast of NBC Sports Bay Area, and he went up and said, hey, Mr. Kerr, can I get your autograph? And Steve Kerr said to him, scram, kid, I got more places to be. I can't be bothered with stuff like this, son. You got go talk to those guys over there. And it's it's just hysterical because Steve Kerr is now their coach. I I, I really feel like well, also because Clay's dad was playing at the time too for the Lakers, I think. So that'd be interesting. Be like, oh. When they when Steve comes and goes, oh you're you're uh, you're you're oh crap. That must have been the most awkward conversation when that they re-upped that. Yeah, I just and Steve Kerr has said some questionable things this past. He talked about how the three pointer drewing the NBA before he started coaching the Warriors. So Steve Kerr's just an interesting guy who's said some weird things. Also, yeah, I, mean, I just usually when he opens his mouth and it's not about basketball strategy. I just kind of plug my ears at that point. Also, why is he big-timing someone? He, Yeah, he made a big shot in the finals one year to bail out Jordan, as he put it. Because because but, basically every NBA player thinks they're big-time. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just, it just doesn't surprise me just of what I know about uh, Steve Kerr and what we've known for years, like how he acts. It doesn't surprise me one bit. All right. Next up. How to handle injuries with the NBA playoffs. Now, I got two ways to look at this, Kev. I have a very, very, very good gut feeling that there will be no more basketball this year. I have a it – just, it just feels like the NBA is not – they're the one league that's, like, shaking in their boots still. Or, like, you know, the MLB is like, you know, like, hey, yeah, we got this, guys. Get ready. We're back mid-June. NASCAR's like, no fans. We're doing this. The NFL's like – Business as usual. SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12 are like, let's rock. Um, but, you know, the NBA the other day, like, it was like, oh, we got to cancel everything indefinitely. We're postponing indefinitely. And I'm just like, y'all suck, really. Like, just just say you're pushing it back. Don't don't be like, oh, indefinitely. Like, let's push it back a couple of weeks. Like, I don't know. The NBA, to me, this just shows the lack of 
and this is this is more on Roger Gale and Rob Manfred, which who you both know I am very critical of both of them, are actually handling this very well, whereas the NBA, Adam Silver's kind of been just panicking and firing from the hip a little bit. Because they, I was listening to a podcast the other week. Uh, I think it was, it was actually Cowherd, and I was driving through Newtown. I think it was going to pick up my uh, laptop. And he was talking about how, like, you've had a couple of uh, uh, front office guys being like, yeah, we're not reopening. We don't want to play the rest of the season. It's not worth it. And I just think it's kind of a losing cause. So, I mean, I think it almost is good in a way. It sucks for, like, teams like the Lakers who had a shot. It would have been great to see LeBron win it for Kobe in L.A. But at the same time, you had no Kevin Durant. You had no Steph Curry. You had no Klay Thompson. Like, teams that were supposed to be good, like the Timberwolves rebuilding. You had the Jazz who were kind of, eh, eh, eh. You had the Blazers who were down. It just kind of felt like a lost season a little bit. And I think next year, where you only have like four teams that had a shot at even winning the title – Next year, I think you're going to see a lot of craziness, a lot of insane parody. I don't think it might be the worst thing to just not have a season finish. Yeah, but also I think, like you said, Goodell and Manfred, they are handling this better. It's easier for them to handle it better because it's not middle of the season. I mean, for Manfred, it's the beginning of the season. But still, it's. I also think that Adam Silver should have done something and announced it a couple weeks earlier because his timing was crap. You just had the draft. You got the MLB like starting to like talk to the CDC about when can we start getting the rock and roll. And then a week later, you have Adam Silver just basically canceling everything. And I'm just like, this is why basketball is the third best sport in America. Fourth best if you count college sports. I just – it to me, at least leadership-wise, it's just not – I think he was a little reactionary instead of being proactive, whereas Goodell just said we're going to stay the course. Um Manfred's like, you know, let's see what every other league does so we don't get all the the open fire that the first league is going to do it's going to get. I just feel like with all this craziness going on, it's just kind of just smart not to – just to maybe blow it dead. I, so, I mean, they're, at least – They're talking about – now the rumors are June, July, August are when playoffs will be in that time range. I, I think they should do a different format this year. Shorter series, make it June, July, because the, the guys are going to want a full off season. Yeah, I think also another question that it, it, Boston Sports and I talked about it earlier this week, it, what to do about injuries? Because, yeah, guys like Ben Simmons, they're ready now. If mm-hmm. playoffs were starting, they could have maybe, if they started a little early, they could have pushed through it, maybe come back a little sooner than they would have. However, guys like KD... He's been injured all year. He wasn't going to play in the playoffs. But now, oh, they're starting in August. Now the Nets have a chance to win a ring that they shouldn't be playing for. Yeah, that also throws in another monkey wrench because, what, are they going to be the eighth seed at best? Yeah, I think so. Around there, lower seeding. Watch. they Watch. It, like him and Kyrie are like, yeah, we're good to go in July, man. We'll play. And then they sm- – who's the, who's the number one seed? The Celtics? No, I think it's the Raptors. Yeah, because they're having, like, an insane season. Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah, with no superstar. I think it's Siakam's, like, having, like, an all-NBA all season, too. Oh, it's the Bucks. Raptors are two. Okay, so watch. Like, Katie and Kyrie. Let's say, let's 
hypothetical here because we got to keep it moving because me and Kev got to prep for a live stream. But hypothetical, five-game series. Let's do a short one. Bucks, uh, Nets. Katie and Kyrie light the Bucks up like a Christmas tree. And you're like, the Bucks are like, we just got robbed. These guys weren't supposed to play this year, but now they can. That's And then they start just steamrolling everyone into the finals. Like, what if that happens? Now you got, or like, it's a shortened series and like a team like, I don't know, the, 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 the Sixers who have no shot in hell of winning this year end up pulling out and saying, oh, and going on a run because they're the youngest team and they're the most fresh. Uh, it's just to me, and like you got owners like Mark Cuban saying they don't really want to open the facilities up like what everyone else is because the risk reward isn't worth it. I just think this is just there's a lot of stuff in balance here, and it's going to be messy regardless of what direction it goes. Yeah, and they can't say like, oh, you're healthy, you can't play unless they go your roster last day of, like yeah. last day of the regular season. That's your roster. But then it brings in question guys like Ben Simmons who probably could have pushed through it and played first round. Yeah. It, it's an issue that I don't want to have to deal with, and I'm glad I don't have to deal with. Yeah, it's going to be an issue. It's going to be fun reporting on. Let's put it that way. All right. Um, This next headline, I read this when Kev texted me this morning, and I was crying. I was laughing so hard when I read this. <laughs> Kev, elaborate. What do you got on Dallas Braden? So Dallas Braden is one of the few people in Major League Baseball history who have thrown a perfect game. He's a very weird guy to do it. Like, when you think perfect game, you don't think Dallas Braden. I think, like, Randy Johnson. I think uh, uh, Roy Holiday. Yeah, it's – but – so his perfect game, he was – was, like, the after Mother's Day. Yeah, the day after the day of Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day. It was a Sunday. And he was apparently brutally hungover for that game. And he still threw a perfect game. In 109 pitches. I think you can say 109 degree weather. I would have been dying if I was, if I was hungover in 109 weather. No, I hope not. Also, it was only two hours. That's a quick game. I mean, Brayden's style was always, like, it was quick. It was ground balls. It wasn't a lot of strikeouts. I mean, a lot of, like, deep counts. So, yeah, that's just hysterical. It's hysterical to me that now there have been two that we know of perfect hitters in MLB history that have somewhat been impacted by the pitcher's use of some substance. One of those, it wasn't a perfect game, actually. It was a no-hitter. My bad. But in 1970, Pirates pitcher Doc Ellis didn't think he was going to play. He was out partying the night before. And he got a call that morning, like, hey, you got to come up. You got to fly out to San Diego. We're about to play, and we need a starting pitcher. You're going to be the pitcher. And Doc Ellis's first thought was, oh, shit. I just dropped some acid. (laughs) And he somehow threw a no-hitter. He hit a couple batters, so he lost because he just drilled guys during that game. 
But the weirdest part of it, and I can't, I'm not even going to paraphrase this. I'm just going to take this quote directly from him. I started having a crazy idea in the fourth inning that Richard Nixon was the home plate umpire. And once I thought I was pitching the baseball to Jimi Hendrix, who to me was holding a guitar and swinging it over the plate. I remember diving out of the way of a ball I thought was a line drive. I jumped, but the ball wasn't hit hard and never reached me. How this man could even throw the ball over the plate with some regularity, as I mentioned, he did hit a couple people, but the fact he somehow didn't give, like, didn't just go, uh, oh, just underhand or something, thinking he was throwing it to Mother Teresa or something like that. That might be the weirdest I, I, I don't, I don't get it. And the thing is, like, like, we've all been at, like, our friends' houses. We've had a few White Claws in Kevin's case or a few Budweiser's in mine. And you're pitching kind of intoxicated in a wiffle ball game. My sister's high school grad party. I struck out like eight. I mean, yeah, it was family members. I was going for strikeouts when I was a little uh, – had a few. And I'm just like whipping the ball in there and throwing curveballs and everything else. That's different than dropping acid. For I don't even know what the experience is like, but that's got to be just insane to me. This That's just a guy – that's like crazy. There's a documentary on Netflix about it, right? Ooh, is there? I think I so. I hope there is because I want to watch it now. It's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu. No, no, a documentary. <laughs> All right. Well, while Kev's researching his his what he's going to watch tonight, we're going to send around the last call, so kick that funky 40s jazz. Ladies and gentlemen, the NFL schedule is getting released tonight. And a few things, there's already been a couple leaks because, you know, that's just how the media works right now. There's nothing else going on. The opening game, Kevin, is, oh, God, it's, it's just bad. It's Chiefs and Texans. Oh, man. You know what's going to be crazy? It's going to be like a couple years ago when the Chiefs smoked the Patriots and then the Patriots went on a run and just killed everybody. I could so see that happening. Or we could have a nail-biter like uh, Bears-Packers last year. Or it could just be or typical Texans uh, Chiefs game. We don't know. It wasn't that great of a game in the second half um, in that playoff run. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, Deshaun Watson handles not having DeAndre Hopkins, how David Johnson fits in with that offense. Uh, also, side note, my Eagles are opening with the Redskins for the third time in four years. But the last time they opened in Landover, Maryland, they won the title, baby! So Wait, they're not opening against the Redskins. The Eagles are, yeah. NFL said the uh, first four games are going to be their out-of-conference games. Then Adam Kaplan lied to me. Unless they changed it, but that was the report uh, earlier. That's the report I'm getting, and I've gotten it from multiple sources, including Adam Kaplan and Lanzer, a few other people. I could check again. Yeah, also J.P. Finley of uh, NBC, CBS, um, uh, NBC Sports Network, uh, Philadelphia. Um, the Redskins will open at home against the Eagles. Uh, so, a bunch of places are reporting it's going to be out of conference. Well, we're going to see. It'd be great. I would love to see them play like um, where they're out of conference games this year. Um. You know, Steelers or um, 
They'll have one out. Steelers or Browns would be cool. Bengals. Um, Ravens. It'd be fun to see any play any of them, honestly. So, I don't know. We'll see. But what I've heard from multiple sources, it is Redskins, it, Reds, it, at, at the Redskins opening week. So, I don't know. We'll see. We do get a rematch against the Saints this year, which I'm very excited about. I don't know. There have been so many rumors about the scheduling. Like, now the Saints are playing the Bucks week one when the other day it was out of conference. So now you could be right. Yeah, I don't know. They may have they may have just dropped that rumor throw everyone a curveball, but, like, they dropped all these rumors just now. Like, I've seen a bunch of them. Like, oh, it's all in conference except for Texans. But that would yeah, and that would also make sense. If they're going to be all out of conference, then why are the Chiefs and the Chiefs and the Texans playing first night first week? Because it's supposed to be, it would be 16 versus 16. There wouldn't be like a random like two teams playing each other from the same conference. I don't know. It's weird. Um, that's what I got for last call. Um, be sure to check out our live stream. Um, if you missed it this week, we it'll be up on YouTube. Uh, every weekday, at, every Thursday. Sorry. At 6.30 on our Twitter live at Corner Booth Pod. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. We'll catch y'all next week. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.